You're about to step inside the mind of a joker. Smoke weed, but don't call him a smoker. Might make you uncomfortable, but that's what he goes for. He's an intellectual arcade, not yet overplayed. Don't think this will get made. Won't stop till he gets paid. And he doesn't have it figured out. Don't stroke his ego because it's only getting bigger now. Romanticizing violence, victimizing silence, normalizing kindness, achieving states of highness. And he does it all for clarity. Knows he'll never find, but always looking for prosperity. Isn't always happy, but he'll always grin and bear it. He doesn't always fit in. He's resisting popularity. Doesn't deal in absolutes. He thrives in his hypocrisy. A never-ending battle to defeat his mediocrity. He's without an adversary because he's fighting with himself. But now it's time to leave all that and welcome someone else. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Fighting With Myself podcast. And today, I am not just fighting with myself. I am fighting with one of my favorite folks on the MMA Twitter scene. If you've uh, heard any of my shows for a long time, I've been saying this dude has probably my favorite tweets because I never see a bad take in a sea of hot takes and standing and a bunch of bullshit. This man has never had a bad take, in my opinion. Please welcome the inimitable Tev Talks MMA. Dude, I appreciate that so much, but I definitely have had some terrible takes. Like, I'm trying to think of my worst one. I appreciate that <laughs> shit a whole lot, but I've definitely had some bad ones. Like, I was, speaking of standing, I was on the timeline telling people that Izzy was about to knock Yoel's ass out in a dogfight, but I guess we all Me were. Too. So like, we're, we're all, all guilty right. of that one, but... No, and I, I guess I kind of forgive that because I was, I was on my bullshit too with that. You know what I mean? Um, we you and I are definitely the we exact. We yeah, we're enabling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. I, I'm like we're the two biggest Izzy stands that I know that aren't like you know those crazy like actual lunatics you know with the fake Abby, but um, you know, I, like there's definitely been some stuff that looks bad in hindsight, but like at the time, I, I don't think I've ever seen anything that that has made me go, this dude wild and just like scroll past. Like I've always been like, yes, retweet, let's go. <laughs> yeah, no, I've definitely had some wild shit. I've definitely had some wild shit, but I appreciate that, dog. I, I fuck with you too. I fuck with every, pretty much everyone I, I fuck with on MMA Twitter is cool as shit in my opinion, but we'll get there. We'll talk about we'll talk about it all kinds of shit. Of and that's one of the reasons I, 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 I respect you and, and everything because as much as I feel like I am a nice person in real life and I try to exhibit that on my show as well, Sometimes I just I see something and I just get so like fucking triggered by it or whatever. I'm like, fuck this person, fuck everything they stand for, block, <laughs> report it. You know what I mean? Like, right. but you're just like chill as fuck. Like always, like you know, oh, let's spread peace and love kind of thing. So I I dig it. Yeah, I'm just I'm just constantly stoned on the timeline. Really, like anytime I look at my timeline and I'm tweeting, I'm probably have THC in my bloodstream. So like maybe that has something <laughs> to do with it, but that's just speculation. Yeah, man, I was I was actually listening to uh, your appearances on a Razor Plata Soup podcast, and uh, there was a <laughs> there was a time when he I think when he first introduced you and he was and you were like, I just be getting faded and tweeting what's ever on my mind. <laughs> yeah, like that's the thing. Like I actually saw, damn, I wish I could remember it. Somebody had the funniest tweet. They were like, damn, MMA Twitter on fight nights is just people trying to come up with the funniest shit they can in like five seconds and just tweeting it. And that's yeah. true and accurate. 
but that's really how I tweet pretty much all the time. Like, <laughs> like yeah. I'm not limited to fight nights. I can kind of just think of shit and just tweet it. It's really not much, not much behind it. Just dumb shit. Yeah, like sometimes it's definitely I. It can definitely be a stream of consciousness where I, I feel like sometimes people will tweet something and I'm like, that's just sort of an inner thought that you could be having with yourself. Maybe that didn't need to escape. You know what I mean? But yeah, and it's just like there's there's so many just cliches that people post like just i don't know like i feel like yeah it's just it's part of social media but like people post in uh like i don't know who would win in their prime and like uh. two, two random fighters but it's like if you really wanted to get some data on who you would think would win you'd make this a poll not just like a uh a regular po- i don't know <laughs> it's just it's wild yeah i like to kind of lightly jab at those things sometimes like i think i i tweeted once because i have the whole fighting with myself gimmick i was like who would win me and my prime versus me and my prime (laughs) right right um i wanted to ask you i'm always curious to know this um what got you started in mma like what was your first introduction to the sport what made you become a fan bro my like my i guess my my path into fandom is mad funny i guess but um yo so for some reason when i was younger I don't know how my my parents got into it, but my mom like had this weird crush on Chuck Liddell, and like, <laughs> like I'm so like she kind of she kind of was into the sport, and we uh we watched Ultimate Fighter and shit. Like that was like a thing in my house. Like whenever Ultimate Fighter was on, we would go to fucking Spike TV and and watch it and shit. And uh, yeah, my dad fucking my dad fucking loved Rampage. Thought Rampage was hilarious thought like yes. rampages problematic videos in like japan were just like funny <laughs> for some, oh, hell yeah for some, for some reason and uh so like yeah we like i remember religiously watching the rampage rashad season of tough <laughs> and like my dad thinking it was the coolest shit ever when rampage tore the door apart yes but, uh, yeah so then uh so like i was i was paying attention to the sport then and then i was in high school and i i honestly kind of not stopped paying attention, but became a, a, a real casual in high school. Like, I didn't have money to buy a pay-per-view, and I was playing a ton of ball sports. So I would just, like, go to my homies' fu- homies cribs on, like, the big fights. Like, a Jones DC, I would, like, show up at, at time for, like, the co-main and the main event. And then, uh, then I graduated high school. I started... Uh, I started working, I started making real money, and then after a few years, I got my own place, and then I realized, like, damn, I don't have to be a casual anymore, like, I can just afford to buy every pay-per-view, like, I could just, there you well, go. I, could just I could just afford to watch all these fights now, and then, uh, I'm, that's been the past several, several years. Fuck it, I love it, that's awesome. You know, it's funny you mentioned about Rampage, about your dad being a big fan of Rampage, because I am too, and I feel like he doesn't get enough. people talk about like best all time trash talkers, and I feel like his name doesn't get brought up enough. He was saying some wild shit all the time, and it's also because he has no filter. Like he got in trouble for that when he um when he was in the A team. I think he did a movie or a, uh, an interview where they said like, "How do you feel about going on set and stuff like that?" And like getting makeup done and he was like oh i usually where i grew up people that wore makeup were gay or something like that and they like he made headlines and it was wild but he was just trying to say what it was on his mind and, yeah, and he's, it's he's, oh, he's wild I, I can honestly i was just gonna say that rampage is wild people want to talk about like canceling people <laughs> rampage, yeah. like ramp, remember when rampage just humped the reporter for like i was just about to say that that, is, that might be the most disturbing mma clip like 
that I can think of off the top of my head, yo. <laughs> For real. And and it's one of the things like I guess he knew what to- like what time he was in. Maybe it's just the fact that he's not that relevant anymore. Exactly. Kind of like fighting in Beltor. But like you, you talk about like you're right, like getting canceled and just like <laughs> the Me Too movement. He would have been a fucking the first to go down like in that time Dude. if that was now. Like him humping that reporter, and Dude. she's like weird about it. <laughs> is clearly unsettled I, she's like done interviews and said like that was like ex- obviously she was extremely uncomfortable and shit but like wow that i can't even imagine the timeline if somebody did that now to like fucking megan olivia or some shit like you know rampage oh, is out of my his god mind dude i don't yeah even, bro I, it's too much to, to, to think about dog. i almost want to find like now that you say that because i think that was like in 2011 or something it wasn't like before Twitter existed, it was just before it was like a big part of our, like this culture of our sport. So I feel like I want to um, try and go find some tweets from back then <laughs> to see if people were roasting him. You know, you know what's funny is there's probably like some legends that are like, were on like sure dog forums and shit when that was happening that were like, yes, basically doing the same thing we're doing instead of tweeting about it, just posting about Rampage <laughs> doing that. I, yes. I got to ask uh, Freelance Goon about it. He was, he was big on those right. forums back in the day. Yo, Goon will know. Goon will yeah. absolutely know. Goon, I know you're listening to this. When it comes out, hit me up. Uh, <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, well, look, man, I want to get uh, talk about some some fights real quick. Or we got some matchups that are uh, on the horizon that are really intriguing to me. Um, but first, um, I want to just give a quick, uh, I guess, a sort of statement, and I want to get your thoughts on this as well. Um, not really. It's, I, I, I guess it's it's just something that we got to talk about, you know, about the, the terrible tragedy that uh, uh, the Nurmagomedov family experienced with Abdul Manap, Khabib's dad, um, passing away from coronavirus. Uh, I have been vocal about not being the biggest Khabib fan, but uh, anyone that's posting anything negative about it should absolutely be ashamed of themselves. Like losing someone during this time is just is just tragic and even without it like forget the they say if he, he died of a heart attack or something like that no one should be should be i don't know dancing on his grave or whatever so i just want to give my uh thoughts and condolences on that and, and see how you feel i'm yeah i mean i i mean i agree i agree it's just it's just like the we live in a time where you really just got to accept people trolling like that it's just not, not accept obviously right expect i should say it's yeah just, it's just the nature of the hellish website we're all fucking logged on to. But yeah, obviously a terrible loss to MMA community, for sure. Nurmagomedov Madoff family, brutal. Yeah, absolutely. And, it, and it's it's got me thinking. I, I really, like, Habib is one of the most, like, mentally strong fighters in the game, I feel. He just, like, ha- has, like, laser focus and he's relentless. And so I don't think it will face him that much. But you got to feel like, what's his next like fight going to be like where's his head going to be at it, it's an interesting talking point that isn't necessarily relevant now but i think it will be whenever his next fight gets announced i would think i would think it actually i don't know man I, that's like i feel like losing somebody like that is such a doesn't matter how much of a machine you are in the gym you're still a human that shit is yeah that shit is, that shit is heavy that shit is heavy i i can't imagine him going to be wanting to get on the mats anytime soon like <laughs> without your without your father like that's weighing heavy on your heart i uh 
Yeah, especially him being such a big part of his camps and being that his father taught him everything he knows when it comes to wrestling. Like, that's yeah, his bread I mean, and butter. Yeah, it, I, it, like you said, it's a terrible tragedy. And it's but it's, it's, so, it's so sad there's going to be somebody with a proper 12 Avi that's like, <laughs> could be buying more time to strip him. It's, it's terrible. Oh, my God. Defender vacate. Literally. You know it's oh coming. Oh, my God. You're you're right. I'm I'm about to mute um those words. Like I'm I'm gonna I just gotta search those tweets and figure out what the fucking understands they're saying. Oh, oh my god, I didn't even think about that. Now you're like making me like I'm anxious about it. I'm like no. You know it's coming. Wait, wait till September rolls around and nothing's booked or something. You know you know it. <laughs> Shit, dude. Well, it's definitely like some someone in the in the forum brought up this question and I I don't even know what to think about it yet. Um, they asked, like, with the, the, the passing of Abdul Manap, do you think it's possible that instead of Gaethje Habib being the next fight in the lightweight division, you know, for a title, do you think maybe Gaethje has a lightweight title defense and a rematch with Poirier or something like that? And honestly, I don't know. Mm. Yeah, it's. I think it's just... it. I have no idea either. I, I guess... I think Gagey has to be next, but I don't know. I don't know when that fight's going to happen. I couldn't even guess. I, I would honestly bet on it not happening happening this year. Yeah, man. And, it, and it's one of the, like, the dangers of interim titles, I feel. It's because shit like this happens, and then you're like, well, do you get, give him a Bro, promotion? Think, not, to, like, not to interrupt no, you, but no. I, think, I, think, I think we're – this is crazy, but I honestly think uh, – it's wild, but I think I think we're more likely to see Gaethje Poirier too before we see Gaethje versus Beeb. Yeah, no, it's it's very likely. Like like I said, until that person brought it up, I it didn't even cross my mind. Um, and then I'm like, damn, you're you're absolutely right. And, and and it's crazy. Like, what if what if Poirier wins? Which is a very likely scenario. Like, I personally think it's a whole different fight. Like, ooh, the second time around. Yes, absolutely. Ooh, five like rounds. that. Ooh. Ooh. I mean the the first fight with with Gaethje, they went to war, uh, and they felt like they left a piece of themselves in that octagon, and uh, Poirier stopped them in like the fourth gangster. round. So gangster. Oh my god. So. How gangster. wild was that hooker fight? Oh man, oh man, I yeah, the hooker fight was crazy, and the hooker fight. Oh, man, there's too many things to talk about. <laughs> I know, there's I know. Too many to talk about. I honestly feel like I I fell, I fell into a little bit with the with the hate for Hooker, but I was a fan of Hooker like prior to this. Uh, I think I just I, I got mad at Hooker for that Roshkoff tweet. I don't, I don't, I don't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get, I get it. I I do get some of the Hooker hate, but I one thing I love about Hooker yo is like Hooker's not. Hooker's not in the in the game in the UFC to make friends. <laughs> like Hooker, yeah. Hooker's not like trying to be buddy buddy with people on his rise to the top. He knows that he has to say certain things to get certain fights, and he just fought Justin Poirier. So whatever he's doing is working. Uh, but I, he he's playing the game, and he's not. I don't know. I like Hooker a lot, to be honest. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, like I said, that that last tweet had a, had a bad taste in my mouth, but I I was a fan of him before. Um, and I feel like his his trash talk is very underrated. Like some of the stuff he said in the past has made me like get goosebumps. When he knocked out fucking Gilbert Burns, mm. he got on the mic and he was like, 
I need a top 15 opponent. You're getting these boys hurt. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> Flatline Gilbert Burns like that. And everyone like loves Gilbert Burns now. Never mind the fucking chin on that, man. Oh, my God. The, like, the, bar, that Barboza fight was unreal. Like, yeah, that, he had been safe from his top. I think Barboza knew he was going to knock him out. He's like, let me just get him with body shots. Dude, and he just I, fucking... <laughs> I've never seen body punishment like that. I, I can't remember, like, a worse example off the top of my head. Right? He, he's too tough for his own damn good. Ridiculous. Willing Speaking to die. of... Um, the Gilbert Burns fight. What, what do you think about what happened? So Gilbert Burns test positive for COVID-19. I believe some members of his corner as well. That may have been the, the crux of it. Uh, and now I think at the time of recording this, it's just been made official that Jorge Masvidal is going to step in. Um, certainly by the time it comes out, I think it will be official. Uh, of course, pending uh, Jorge has his own test results come back uh, negative for, for COVID. What do you think about that? Uh, I think I, I'm, I'm so curious, man. I'm so curious to like what, what Jorge got, what he's getting paid, what, what made it worth it now to take the fight that wasn't before Gilbert took it. You know what I mean? Like, it's crazy that these are the circumstances that have to be in place for us to get the fight that I guess everyone wants in the first place. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's uh... yeah. Here, here's my thoughts on it. I, I, I've been following it a little bit as much as I can. Like, but you know, even before before Gilbert was announced, um, he wanted like the same money he made against Nate Diaz, and I think they weren't willing to give it to him at first. And then at the eleventh hour, they they finally agreed. But I think it was too late. The damage was done. And either either couldn't get Kamaru to agree. Something happened there, where it was just like it didn't really come to fruition. But now, I think because it's so short notice and they want to save the card and put three title fights on it, I think he had leverage. So I think he was able to get that same money. They were ready to offer it to it last time, but it was kind of like a little bit too late in their eyes. So uh, I, I'm just happy we're getting it. But it also makes me wonder, like, and, and it sucks too because because I'm a Masvidal fan. And uh, I, I think on a full camp, whatever happens, you know, I think I think whatever happens, him with a full camp would have been different. And so we're not really going to get to know, you know, he's a massive underdog right now, and he already was an underdog before. I feel so. He should be. He uh, should be the massive underdog, though. Oh yeah, agree, sure. agree. But I mean, I I I I like the I like I like that he's it, it is it is it's very BMF of him to take. Yeah. It. On seven days' notice, knowing how bad it could go <laughs> for, for 25 <laughs> minutes, <laughs> but like, for real. I feel like I feel like it's honestly it's it's sort of a strategic move because, like you said, a, a full camp Masvidal would be different, and he'll always have that. Let's just call it an excuse because that's sort of what it is. He'll always have it in his back pocket. It can kind of save his star power, even if he gets ragdolled for 25 minutes. So it's like, I, I guess it's high. It's it's low risk, high reward. Yeah, that's actually true. I mean, I, I kind of wish, and, and I, I hate boxing primarily because of the crazy contracts they have, but I almost feel like one of the things they do right, or at least sometimes, is having like a rematch clause. Mm. And I wish 
Masvidal could have that because I I, I really am not thinking he's going to win this fight. I'm I'm going to pick him. You know, spoiler alert. That's my what? pick. Wow. Okay. Because wow. I'm 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 wild and I don't give a fuck about being wrong. You're uh, you know, for chaos, bro. <laughs> that's so damn right i am you why are you trying to fucking keep fucking up the 2020 simulation so much shit has gone left in 2020 you're just trying to continue the streak of shit wild shit happening i guess yeah i guess i'm just an agent of chaos i mean i was i'm the kind of guy to to, to root for chukagian against valentina i'm the kind of guy to root for poirier against habib i'm i'm fucking a mess yeah, honestly, that just reminded me of one of my bad takes. I'm pretty sure when I was first on MMA Twitter, this is so fucking embarrassing, but I'm sure I was on there like, yo, who's taking Nico over Val? Where where we at? <laughs> Where's Nico gang at? I don't think it was actually that blatant, but I probably did tweet some funny shit like that. Oh, man. <laughs> some stupid ass shit. Uh, but yo, you really picking Masvidal? Wow. Imagine if he does it. Imagine if he does it. Well, yeah, I just think... I guess I I have a tendency to to see what I want to see. You know, I'm I'm very guilty of confirmation bias, and so my mind goes to the fact that maybe the short notice could help him because I I know he's been he was posting on his social media a, a long time ago, not not a long time ago, but for for a while, yeah. Um, that he's been working with a bunch of wrestlers. So I don't know if I I never knew if he was like getting ready for a Colby fight. Like this is when we didn't know how how deep the negotiations were for him to fight Kamaru. So we didn't know if he was working for a, a Colby fight or or maybe drop down to 155. Like I, I really didn't know. And so now I think like all that work with wrestlers could maybe benefit him. And maybe 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 just maybe he'll go out and do some some wild flying knee against Ben Askren shit. Uh, maybe 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 I think. Uh... I don't know. To me, Masvidal, I think there's, I don't, I, I'm, I don't really want to see him chase the title. To be honest, I think there's better fights to be had. I, I, I think a funner, funner fight would be against Colby. I think honestly, I've said this before, and I will stand by this. But I feel like if I had control of Leon Edwards' Twitter account, he would be like fighting for the belt right now. Like if right. I could just, if I could just be control his Twitter, like Ali fucking controls people's Twitters. Leon Edwards would be fucking main eventing Fight Island right now. Yeah. He should have never like I I have a deep burning MMA hipster passion to see Masvidal versus Edwards. I feel like Edwards fucked his whole career up by letting Masvidal get away with just three piece and him and walking away and never like it's Leon Edwards in that post fight interview. Like I feel bad for him to, to go on a quick quick Leon Edwards rant. I feel bad Thank for him you. because he's he's kind of getting looked over in this whole shit. But at the same time, it's like yo. After that Masvidal incident, he should have... That was Masvidal coming off the knockout till. And at that moment, he should have... Ne- he was in his post-fight press conference. After that happened, like, yeah, Masvidal will get his one day. It's like, bro, you should have been like, I will fucking retire if the UFC does not lock me in a cage with that motherfucker. He is not getting away with yep. that shit. But instead, instead, you were just, well, one day, bro, I'll, ca- I'll, 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 I'll chin him in the streets. It's, it's like, what... Bro, I know. You, it was, this is, was like too little, too late. To, what are you, t- you, you? He made a meme of you, bro. You have to say, you have to be texting Mick Maynard every fucking day, being like, "Yo, fuck Ben Askren, <laughs> right. fuck everyone else. I will fucking retire and go to Bellator with my brother if you do not." <laughs> 
give me a fucking email me hit my gmail leon edwards birmingham at gmail.com <laughs> fucking contract with jorge masvidal's fucking name on it or i'm fucking out see this i i, I that's my leon edwards rant i'm just gonna stop it there no you're fucking right like he originally was like I, I think they warned him that there might be some repercussions if he went after him because like they tried to they really tried to like fizzle that situation out quickly. And then when he fought RDA later that year, he was like, "Here's what it is. He's gonna get his. If I see him in the parking lot, it will go down." And I'm like, "Bro, you should have said that three months ago." <laughs> All the same energy that you just said, I'm 100 with you. If you ran his his social media, he'd be fucking fighting for the belt. I swear to God, yo, I swear to God, he really would. <laughs> I know that's like, I don't know, maybe an arrogant thing of me to say, but it's how I feel. <laughs> I'm going to stand on that opinion. Hey, man, I, I, I'll back you on it. So so if that makes both of us arrogant, then it is what it is. <laughs> I want to pivot to some matchups um, that were announced. Um, the first one that's on the horizon that's that just came across my timeline is uh, Ryan Hall versus uh, Ricardo Lamas. It's going down August 29th. What do you think about that fight? Um, I think it's a good fight. I'm glad Ryan Hall finally got a fight. Uh, I think it's a good ass matchup. Actually, I feel like it's pretty even. Mm-hmm. I feel like uh, I'm just glad it. I'm just glad we're gonna see Ryan Hall actually fight someone who's like, I would say above average. I would say like the, an actual uh, gatekeeper at featherweight. Maybe hey. would be the word. Yeah, Ryan Hall. Uh, uh, Ricardo Lamas fought for a title. Right. Right. So it's a, it's a dope fight. I don't know who I'd pick right now. I got to think about it. I'm leaning Hall, but I don't know. No, I think that's that's the right that's the right kind of feeling about it because um I actually it's funny. One of my first uh when I started my blog a while ago, actually I haven't written in a minute, but um I wrote about Ryan Hall not being able to find a, a fight. And um like a week after I wrote that or maybe a few days, the fight with Ricardo Lamas was announced. And I was like, "Oh shit, right. it's going down," and and then the the pandemic hit, and so I'm just I'm glad they're revisiting it, and it's it's like you're right, it's like the first time he's fighting someone where I'm I'm like, kind of not sure whether or not he's gonna win. I mean, he had the Elkins fight, but Elkins was a little bit um, too battle worn, I guess, and uh, I think this this fight with Ricardo, Ricardo as as like. I don't know, chinny as he is, kind of. If 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 I can say that without disrespect, um, Ryan Hall is not going to present those kind of problems. And, mm-hmm. and Ricardo Lamas got hands, so yeah, if yeah. Uh, Ryan Hall can't um, Imanari roll into a heel hook, he might be in for a long night. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's a perfect matchup. It's uh, I feel like they're both at at, like, at a, they're both pretty old, correct? Like Ricardo, they're both like 34, 36 or something. Yeah, I think they're similar in age. Um, I think it's relevant to say that um, Ricardo is older in five years. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Ryan Hall was competing in jiu-jitsu for a long time, and that does wear on your joints, but it doesn't wear on your brain, obviously, and it can get you... Like, like Ryan Hall has been around for so long that he had a grappling match with Nate Diaz a long time ago, um, which is crazy to think about. But, uh, yeah, he, he's only been fighting for, like, six years, I think. Maybe maybe a little bit longer. I actually think he made his pro debut in 2012, so about yeah. eight years. But Ricardo Lamas is, like, a vet. He's, like, a legit vet. 
Can we talk about that time DC played Ricardo Lamas so dirty when he counted the number of times his head bounced off the canvas <laughs> against Josh Emmett? I don't know if you, you remember know, that shit. I was, <laughs> I remember. I was shit. like, damn. Remember, remember when the UFC like did the fucking bottle cap challenge and like, oh my put, god, put the yeah. water bottles on like Rousey's head and like DC's head and like <laughs> it was getting like a head kicked off, dude. <laughs> They did Ronda so dirty with that, and and you know it's Ronda, so it's fine. But like anyone else, I would have been like, "Yo, take that, take that down." Right, right. Yo, can we uh, can we talk about the rest of two fifty one, dude? Hell yeah! Can can we get into can we get into our picks? Yes, dude. I'm, just, I'm, um, I'm officially getting excited for these other fights, dude. Like, oh, absolutely. Like I'm no, just. I'm seeing visions of Rose and Andrade too. Oh, you give uh, me chills. I, I'm so pumped for that fight. Um, that's my wife's favorite fighter, and we went to both her fights against Joanna, and just just seeing her do work against Joanna live, it just makes me feel like like shit's about to pop off again. I'm honestly gonna say the first round of Rose versus Andrade one is like. The best round we've seen in strawweight history. Yep. The best Absolutely. performance in a round. Yep. Like, best performance of Rose's career. I mean, in that round, if you're just if the fight ended there, like that's peak Rose. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, if anyone has, if anyone's listening to this and hasn't seen that, or even if you have, go go back and rewatch go that. Backward. That first. But then round. turn it off after the first round. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Then turn it off and act like you didn't see anything. For sure. I was so sad. I like we're like I said we're big Rose fans, and when when that slam came, it was nasty. Bro, oh, man. I cringed so hard. Like not like in a in a negative way, like like a Henry Cejudo cringed way, but like a uh-huh. like when you see someone fall on their head, like like yes. off a bike, you're just like oh. Like you feel like you get uh, what's it called like sympathy pain kind of. Like I was like yes. oh <laughs> yeah exactly. I got slammed on my head that night too, dog. <laughs> yeah, I got slammed on my head too. I got slammed <laughs> on my heart. That's for that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's you want to know something crazy? Um, I think I'm really, really excited for 251 because um, I applied for media credentials for it, and Dope. I didn't get them. Obviously, otherwise I'd be in Abu Dhabi right now, probably. <laughs> but. Um, I legitimately, so, uh, when the UFC came to Newark, that's like, uh, an hour from my house yep. and this is back in August of last year. And so I was like, I got to at least try, even though they're like probably not going to get approved. I got to at least try. So I applied for them, didn't hear anything. And then because I applied that time, my email was in their database of like, quote unquote, uh, media members, <laughs> if you want to yep. say, you know, using the term loosely. And so I got the email. And I sent it to my buddy, um, Leo, who's actually been on the show uh, one time. I emailed or I texted him the screenshot and I was like, isn't this wild? Why, why would I apply? And he was like, uh, you have to apply. And I was just like, no, come on, dude. And then he just started texting me like, what's your website? And, and I, I figured out he's applying on my behalf. And I'm like, oh, my God. And then he, he sends me the screenshot that um, the application was submitted. And I, I couldn't even like allow myself to get excited. I was like, no, 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 no. And then I got the denial email, of course, a week later, which is probably for the best. But 
<laughs> Apparently, I get to maybe participate in virtual media day, so we'll see. Dude, that would be fucking incredible. I would love to get a press pass. I was going to tweet this, but like I, I felt like such a dickhead tweeting it because like obviously so many more way more talented people than me are losing their jobs in the space right now so like yeah. me just being an idiot who just tweets like i just felt stupid being like dude i need a press pass for like when events get back but like well, I you got the uh the blessing from aaron bronstetter yeah true that 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 might be a good first step i would just use my press pass and just get on media row and then ask the fighters like not a single question about the fight i'd be like what are your thoughts on lost the tv show did you watch it <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> What's your like, favorite strain of marijuana? Literally, I'd be like, uh, I definitely want to know what you're listening to. Open your phone up. Go to your recently played. What are you listening to? Give me an album review. Who cares that you're about to get into a death death match tomorrow? <laughs> Not me. Right. What's your What do you buy when you stop at the convenience store? What's your favorite bag of chips? <laughs> <laughs> I need that in my life. I need I need that to be a thing where you just go to random events and ask them nothing about the fight. And act like you don't know that they're fighting. I need a show like fucking stupid ass Brendan Schaub has where he just has like the food truck diaries, but we just need to just like eat edibles. (laughs) Yes. That'd be like the MMA Twitter version of an Action Bronson show. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's That's the vibe I need. How fucking crazy is Action Bronson? He'll sometimes just say, I love matzo ball soup. Yo, he's... You know what? Action Bronze is part of MMA culture at this point. He absolutely is. He was on Ariel's show like a bunch of times. He, he, he's he part is. of our world. He is. He is. If you don't know who Action Bronson is and you're a fan of MMA, you're on the outside looking in. You're on the outside. That's right. Well, let's get into these picks, man. I mean, this is a, a hell of a card. Um, I got it pulled up. I don't know about you. Um, the prelims, the early prelims are... Mm-hmm. Not the best um, mm-hmm. in terms of name value, but I have a feeling this is going to be like I never like to say that. I never like to shit on a card because you get a situation where the fights end up being like amazing. Um, Bro, you know, can especially, I, I was just going to say, I've, I'm not looking at the, I don't have the card up right now, but I, I, I do know the prelims are a little light, but like I feel like if they pull these like next. Four shows off first of all we're, we're so spoiled the fact that we have fights next saturday and then another card on wednesday and another card on saturday three three uh three cards in seven days shit with, yeah uh, dude so with some with some bangers i'm pretty sure uh is gasolum hermanson on one of those cards like is uh we have till oh. whitaker at the end of fight island like there are some these next two weeks your boy Cater is uh, headlining against Ige. Yeah, Cater Ige. I think that's on Wednesday night. I'm pretty sure. And that's I think that's the same card that uh, my girl Molly McCann is uh, is fighting. Shout she out to Molly McCann. To Shout out to Molly McCann. Shout out to the meatball. She, she follows me, so I always have to feel like maybe there's a small chance that she might ever listen to the podcast. <laughs> so I always have to be like super like I fucking love you, Molly. But I, I do. It's all genuine. It's all genuine. Yeah. But, uh, man, the – and what you said about the three cards, I wanted to just add, like, my birthday is the 17th mm-hmm. and the, the Friday right before the, the Saturday card next week. And so I'm, I'm like, stoked. I'm, like, I can't go anywhere because if it's a pandemic. I'm going to just be sat in my house smoking a bunch of weed until I can't feel anything, and I'm just going to soak in all this sanctioned violence. It's going to be incredible. 
It's going to be incredible. Godspeed, my brother. <laughs> Godspeed. Man, these prelims, though, um, like I said, the early prelims are, are, are not too, like, something to write home about, but the, the regular prelims, um, I kind of hate that they divide them because then it's like you kind of want to shit on all the prelims or none of them, but the middle prelims are fire. Um, mm. We got Leonardo Santos versus Roman Bogatov. And I always forget about Leonardo Santos because he never fights. This is the guy that knocked out uh, Kevin Lee and knocked out fucking uh, Stevie Ray in his last fight. Like, he's a BJJ yep. guy. And he's just like, oh, eat this straight right down the pipe and just, like, shut Stevie Ray's lights out. Yeah, and then he fucking literally ran out of the arena, right? I think so. He, he definitely <laughs> he, he interviewed, but I think he was just like, all right, bye now. Like, yeah. I haven't fought in three years. <laughs> See yeah. me in another three years. Yeah, like, that was, yeah, that was that was a hilarious celebration. But yeah, no, nah, uh, I'm picking him over Bogatov. I th- absolutely. I, I think he's super. Like you said, he, for a BJJ guy, his his striking pretty sharp. He flattened Stevie Ray, and uh, I like him. Like him to open up the card. It's so weird that they're going to be fighting at like four o'clock in the morning now, <laughs> locally. Yeah. I was actually listening to Ariel's show and he was interviewing uh, Paige Van Zandt and she didn't know about the time, which is so PVZ to be like unaware of shit. But like um, he was like, you should just stay on, you know, Portland time or whatever, like not acclimatize yourself because then you'll be fighting because because the essentially since it's a pay-per-view, it's like catered to the American audience and they're fighting at like, I think the prelim started at 6 p.m. our time, Eastern time. So like yep. just stay on your own time. Like. Uh, that's what I would do. Right. Right. Probably gonna be. It's gonna be hard as shit though. I've never tried doing that, but I'm sure it's not gonna be easy. Yeah. That's a good point, actually. And then, and I think it was you that tweeted this. I want to say because like I I had this thought and I was like, this is fucked up. That Fight Island is being done explicitly to accommodate the European fighters who can't travel to the U.S. to hold, to have a card, and you're having the first card on Fight Island on American time zone. That's kind of fucked up. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. It's, it's very Dana. It's very UFC to it like, really is. like it's about me. You know what I mean? Dude, I feel so bad for all the UK lads. They get, they get the short end of the stick every fucking every fucking weekend. Yeah, dude. I always say like the UK MMA fans, like their dedication will never be even fucking uh, Australians as well. Like yeah. fuck. Australians are real, real fight fans, yo. <laughs> <laughs> Preach. Well, next up, we got Makwan Amir Khani versus Danny Henry. And I got to say, I'm mixed on this fight. Who do you got? I'm going Makwan Amir Khani. I think he, he lost his last fight, I'm pretty sure. I think he gets yeah, he back got on the track. breaks out of him by Shane Burgos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he gets back on track. I actually do think he's like right at fringe top 15. I don't think there's any shame in losing to Shane Burgos, obviously. Right. I'm yeah, his losses are, are, are losses that I think are, you know, like he also lost to, I think, Arnold Allen. Arnold Allen's a, like, a Dangerous contender. motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Who you got? Yeah, I, th- I think I'm leaning Maquan as well. I just, I, I can't get the image of, of, of the Shane fight out of my head. I mean, like you said, there's no shame in that, but um, I just kind of feel like he didn't want to be there at a certain point. And I don't, I don't mm-hmm. think Danny Henry's the guy to push him to that brink, right. but um, I'm always hesitant. To, to pick someone after a loss like that. But uh, fuck it. I'm, you, you convinced me I'm riding with Mach 1. <laughs> well, hell yeah. 
And I got to say, I hope we don't have beef on this next one. Eliseu Dos Santos versus Muslim Salikov. Mm. Right off the bat, I'm going with the king of kung fu, Muslim Salikov. He might be my favorite uh, fighter that's like outside of someone I like stand for. Because uh, Muslim Salikov just knocks people the fuck out and then is like a stone cold killer on the mic where you just be like, yeah, it was good. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, no, this is another just, I feel like it's actually a, like, great matchmaking. I feel like I shit on the matchmaking a lot, Loki. So, like, I feel like I have to <laughs> give, give credit to the matchmaking when I feel like it's good. And this is good matchmaking. I am going to go Zaleski Dos Santos. I'm going to go Zaleski. Yeah. Yeah, I think he, uh, I think he, I don't want to say point fights, but I think he stays on the outside. Wins a 2-1 decision. 29-28. You could be right. My my bias is definitely blinding me. Um, I, I can say that. But uh, at the same time, I can't ignore it. And I, and I got to go Muslim. Love it. The next one I feel like is a super um, wild card kind of fight. We got Vulcan Uzdemir taking on Yuri Prochaska. And yep. Yuri's coming in with a lot of hype from, I think, Ryzen. And uh, I always like, I don't know how how well to judge those fights because I feel like a lot of the matchmaking can be, you know, favoring who they want to promote. And Yuri was definitely that guy. But he's also like a fucking killer as well. So he could beat the fuck out of Volkanus Demir. I mean, I I, I was hard to score his last fight. Like a lot of people said Rakich won or Rakich or whatever it is. I was a little bit mixed. But even still, it was a close fight. So I almost want to pick Yuri on GP to like stand with the MMA hipsters from the timeline. But I also sometimes tend to like be a contrarian just just for the fake. So that that part of me is wanting to pick Vulcan. Yeah, I uh, that's such a tough fight to make your debut. I feel like Vulcan's definitely, obviously world class at light heavyweight. Um, Yep. Like you said, the 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 hipster in me wants to go uh, Yuri from Ryzen, but I think I think Vulcan's gonna find a way to get it done. Vulcan's Vulcan's like so. Ex- I feel like he's had less fights, but he's had more experience against truly elite, truly elite. And uh, I think he finds a way to get it done. Decision probably. That's a lot fair. Of grappling, a lot of a lot of cage work, maybe. I actually feel like he's gonna try to make it a boring fight. Yeah, we we could end up seeing a situation like his fight with Reyes, which I will maintain to this day that he beat Reyes. Right, I feel um, like that's exactly how he's going to fight, and if he can if he can do that to Reyes, he can basically win a decision against Reyes. I, it's a tough tough fighter for Yuri to make his debut against, or Yuri blows him away, and the hype is real. I would love that. I'd, I'd all aboard the hype. That's train. true. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. This is one where I don't have too much investment in. So if Vulcan does get blown out the water, I'll, I'll be for it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Happy to be wrong. And that concludes the prelims. This main card is like for sure. Like you look at it and you're like, this is a pay-per-view. We got Bro, three I'm not title fights. Sit down from this this point on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will literally be pacing Love in my that. living room. Yep. You, like I, I it, that's really not even hyperbolic, yo. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a maniac. <laughs> no, I love that. I I think I'm definitely going to be doing that internally. I don't know if it's going to bring me to my feet, but I'm I'm super hyped for this card. Uh, a lot of a lot of fights too, where I'm like emotionally invested in, um, and I also feel like 
this is a uh, when, like I said, I was listening to your uh, episode on Ray's uh, podcast, and I didn't even realize, but Jan and Aldo were both talked about in that. that Volkov and Holloway, the first fight was there, and when Kamara fought Colby, that was that card. So the, a lot of these like matchups are fresh in my mind. Um, but kicking off the main card, we got Amanda Hibas versus Paige Van Zandt. And I count myself a fan of Paige. Uh, I just think she gets a lot of like unnecessary hate just because mm-hmm. she makes more money from Instagram and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and I think people are like also missing the message from that. But uh, I really do like Amanda, and I think she's going to rearrange Paige's face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I, uh, it's it's fun. It's just funny how shit plays out. I agree with that, with every, pretty much everything you just said, uh, including the fact that I feel like Hebas is going to absolutely piece her up on the feet and Paige isn't going to be able to get the fight anywhere else. Uh, right. But it's just funny after seeing the homegirl, the OG, the legend in the game, Roxy, do what she did to Macy. It's just like, Paige, why didn't you just take the Macy fight? <laughs> like that was, <laughs> that was that was that was that would have been so much more gangster, <laughs> like and clear, clearly a winnable fight. <laughs> this out. one, this one is actually a worse matchup for you, actually. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's it's one of those things where they they were supposed to fight back in March. Um, they were on one of the cards that got canceled. Um, and I, I know at that time Macy's knee was still like needing to be healed, and I don't yeah. know if that's still the case. I feel like she's fallen under the radar, which, in my opinion, is good. I give a fuck about Macy. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, dude, because uh, when you look when you look at this fight stylistically, Paige like weaponizes her toughness, like she kind of walks through some shots. Um, and she does that to implement her grappling, which is maybe her best asset. But at the same time, Amanda is no slouch in that department either. Like Mackenzie Dern couldn't do shit to Amanda. And like Paige got submitted by, uh, was it Michelle Watterson? She like went to sleep. So um, I could see Amanda winning this fight really any way she chooses. She could get the TKO. If she wants another submission on her record, she could get one real quick. I'm really like not giving Paige much chance in this fight, as as fucked up as that is. Yeah, I mean, I I just I don't see it. I'm looking into the crystal ball, and everything's coming up. He was <laughs> by a clear margin, a clear margin, and like you said, Paige is tough as shit. Yeah, uh, she's she's tough. She can take a shot, but I think it's gonna be uh, three rounds of Hebus doing really whatever she wants in there. I honestly think, and I don't, I don't think this is like too wild of a of a statement. Um, I think Hebas could be uh, the strawweight champion in like a few years' time. She's that good. Well, I love it. I yeah, I mean, she is nasty. Strawweight's just so good. Like I could see like, uh, uh, you're saying like <laughs> I love this prediction, but you're gonna be you're talking about like 2023. We're gonna be watching Suarez versus Hebas for the title. Oh my god, that's that's <laughs> wild. Damn, doing far out, doing far out championship hypotheticals is a fun, fun thing to do. I feel. I agree. I agree. Uh, I was actually listening to um, my one of my old episodes where I asked for bold predictions in 2020, and some of the things that people said on there were like not that far off, like now, and we're kind of like not even done with the year yet. So, yeah, Amanda Hibas versus Tatiana Suarez will happen at some day. Wow, love it. And then 
I think we kind of buried the lead already a little bit on this next fight, Rose versus Jessica Andrade 2. Um, I got Rose. That's like, as much as we've said, I think I, I need to say about it that like the last fight was Rose's best performance until she got caught with the slam. I think she probably has been working on defense for that. And I don't see this going Andrade's way. But again, super biased. Not going to hide it. Yeah, I uh, like I watched I rewatched this fight kind of recently, and as masterful as Rose's first round is, she got knocked out in I believe the third round. Uh, I thought she, it was second actually. But it might it might have been the second. But there there was uh, a momentum shift though. She was starting to like Andrade was starting to walk her down and land shots a little bit before the slam. Like that's how she got up against the cage in that mm-hmm. position to be slammed in the first place. Andrade was starting to walk her down. So to this point, I'm just saying, I feel like Rose benefits from it being a shorter fight in this matchup, stylistically. Like, I feel like she uh, can easily win two rounds on the feet uh, and then agreed. survive for a third round. And, and uh, Yeah, I didn't even think that the about the fact that it's three rounds versus five. Uh, that's definitely going to help. Uh, I feel like the first fight went very similar, at least until the slam. Like it went similar to Andrade's fight with Joanna. Like yeah. Andrade was coming forward that whole fight and just getting jabbed the hell up and just like not being able to take Joanna down, not being able to, to do anything. And I think if Rose can stick to that, plus also like Rose's coach, Trevor Whitman, does not get enough credit for being like one of the geniuses in MMA. Yeah, seriously. Seriously, coach of the year probably. Yeah, dude. Especially yeah. like Gaethje. Oh my, <laughs> Latori number two behind Trevor. Let's be fair. <laughs> <laughs> and then Peter Yan versus Jose Aldo for the vacant bantamweight title. Um, it's kind of overplayed to say this, but yeah. this feels like a fake title fight. Like it's just you know we all know that. Aldo and not Aldo, Aljo, Aljamain Sterling and uh, Corey Sanhagen was the rightful fucking t- title contenders. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, th- this here's the thing. I'm I'm gonna be have a moment of introspection and admit that I'm being an absolute fucking hypocrite when it comes to how much shit I talked about uh, about the possibility of Cejudo versus Aldo mm-hmm. <laughs> in comparison to how much shit I'm talking about Yan versus Aldo. Uh, but yeah, I feel like it's clearly not the most deserved. Probably shouldn't go this way. Aljo, it should definitely be Yan versus Aljo. But I, I mean, I don't know. I do think clout is worth something. Being a legend is worth something. And if this is how, yeah, absolutely, this is how it has to play out. Then I guess this is how it has to play out. Right. And I'm just looking at the the UFC's website. Fucking Jose Aldo is ranked number eleven. I mean, that's not, at least as far as what it says now, the UFC website is always fucking wrong. But, like, think about just, like, it's not the worst. Like, I believe Dan Henderson was ranked number 13th when he fought Michael Bisping for the title. But, yo, uh, it's a vacant title. Like, 11 versus 3 is not it. Um, and it's like, I, I'm the guy, I'm one of those guys that, that said Aldo beat Morice there in their first fight. Yeah. But, like... And it sucks too because like I, I I put a I made a tweet about this I was like I think Aldo's gonna embarrass Jan so you know spoiler that's my pick um, I'm I'm being obviously a little bit hyperbolic I don't think it's gonna be absolutely embarrassing but I do think Aldo wins but yep. like there's people that think he's like 
uh, on the downside. I mean, he's, he's definitely not in his prime anymore. But the people that think he's like washed up. I'm like, did you did you see what he, work he did against Morais? Like, fuck yeah. what the judges said. He beat that guy's ass. So, uh, and and I think uh, Morais is has a lot more fast switch muscles than Jan, and Aldo was keeping up with him. So, I really see this being uh, the Aldo show. That said, Jan's got hands, and Aldo has been knocked out before, so... I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> you just, it's crazy. You just, I, I've been just... I'm, I'm like fucking... Uh, I'm like the Brandon Schaub to your Joe Rogan, bro. I'm just... I'm like agreeing with everything you say, and even at the last second, I'm like, ah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe fucking Jan can do it. This is a... Honestly, I like Yan and Aldo and Max versus Volk, too, so much more than I like any possible main event, to be honest. Agreed. Uh, I uh, I agree with everything you said. I think, I think people do think uh, Aldo was washed up for that Marais loss. But if you actually, obviously, go back and rewatch the fight, I mean, he walks him down and is slipping shots the entire third round, landing, uh, in the process of wilting Marais. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Yan is just then. Then you watch like Yan versus Faber to try to do some study work, and Yan is just so dominant. So crafty, so good, carries so much power. And I, to be honest, maybe this is just stupid. Maybe this is just naive. Maybe I'm just not understanding it. But I still get nervous about the cut to 135 for Aldo. Like, I don't understand how he's, like, I, I don't, I'm not confident in him making it. <laughs> like, I know he hasn't missed, but, like, I feel I'm so nervous to, for weigh-ins to see him at 135 again. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I would have rather him have moved up to 155, but I understand he feels like he there's no no really room there. Better chance at a belt at 135 than moving up. So and he's obviously proven himself proven that right with a title shot. But I don't know. The cut makes me nervous. And like for five rounds, maybe maybe the I don't, does the cut affect the stamina? Is Yan going to be walking him down instead of him walking Marais down? I, I I think it's just a fascinating match. If I can't fucking way to watch that shit i'm going pure yen wow yeah no I, the, hearing you say it almost makes me want to change my pick but i, I gotta ride with jose aldo on this sorry jose i always get on people for that oh, um, yeah. there's no wrong pick yeah oh yeah no and and, and what you said about the weigh-ins too I, I didn't even uh almost think about it when 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 jose first made his debut at 135 um the whole time i was like this is a guy who looked like dog shit at 145. We don't need to see him at 135. He's going to kill himself. And those pictures emerged of him during training, and he looked like an absolute skeleton. I was like, guys, save a life. Stop this fight, please. Like, before it, it hits the scale. And then the, on actual fight week, he didn't look that bad. Showed up on the scale looking not perfect, but didn't look like a meth head. And I was just like, <laughs> okay. And then I, I remember reading an article. I got to shout out the Brazilian beast, Guilherme Cruz. Mm-hmm. Um, I always want to say his last name wrong because of uh, someone I know in L.A. I, I used to know this guy named Guilherme Berenguer, who I think is like a a Brazilian soap opera star. <laughs> but uh, Guilherme Cruz from MMA Fighting, he, he did an article with Jose's nutritionist. And they, uh, his team hired that nutritionist. She did, She's not one of the ones that's well-known in the MMA scene. She's never worked with a fighter for weight cutting. But um, she knew what to do to get him down to the way he needed. And a lot of things were like, I remember like, this is one thing where a confirmation bias can be like bad is that 
a lot of information came out saying he was eating like two pounds of salad a day and that was it. But in that article, she said like that she was feeding him burgers sometimes, like just like without the bread. Um, and so he was getting proper nutrition. And I feel like if he sticks on that and is able to, to make the cut safely, that shouldn't be too much of a factor. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I, I'm, I can't wait. Can't wait right. to see it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we got we almost gotta wait to, to the scales to make our picks for this one, but um, you know, preliminary, you know, um knowledge is is where we're at now. Um let's move on to Alexander Volkanovsky versus Max Holloway. Um this is one of the times I, I will say, um, like about their first fight anyway, where I was probably the most wrong I've ever been. Um I was like, Max Holloway's gonna fucking melt this guy. <laughs> He's going to yeah. fucking make him look stupid like he doesn't belong. <laughs> and then he fucking puts on a shutout. And I, and I will say, I think that fight is a lot closer than it's given credit for. Like when, when Max fought Poirier the second time um, for the for the interim strap, I, th- I feel like that fight was closer than people gave him credit for. They, they said that um, Poirier kind of beat the shit out of Max, but it was kind of both ways a little bit. Uh, and, and I feel like this fight too, like Volkanovski definitely outpointed him but i no point was i like worried for max's safety so uh if max can make adjustments i think he can he can take it you pick a max i don't know like i'm not i, I don't know I'll, let me hear your pick first let me let me be the brendan shop <laughs> uh <laughs> I, uh oh my god brendan fucking shop um yeah, it's terrible <laughs> um, yeah i uh I like Volk, man. I like Volk a lot. And it's funny you say that, like, how, how, how off you were on, on picking this fight. I was the same way. I was thinking – and I've always been high on Max, but I, I mean on Volk, but I was thinking Max was going to get it done. I, right. I was under the impression Max is the greatest featherweight of all time. Yeah. Uh, debatable. And, uh, yeah, I remember – it was. it's funny because I remember, like, in between the second and third rounds, I had a t- I, I tweeted. I was like – uh, it was like I'd like to retract something extremely stupid I tweeted about how if Poirier couldn't ma- knock Max out, that Volk is impossible that he could. Uh, Volk could definitely knock his ass out, <laughs> like because he was landing like heavier shots and shit. So I was the same way. I was thinking there was no way uh, Volk would be able to do anything, but that's just like the power of a game plan. That's like the power of a city kickboxing game plan. I watched a few like I, I wish I remember who, so I could like shout him out, I guess. But like you know, technical breakdowns of what was happening and how uh, every time Max entered range, he was getting hit with the leg kick and it was disrupting his rhythm. And you go back and watch the fight, it really is... Volk did such a good job of, like, stifling Max's offense. Max really never got Mm -hmm. in a rhythm. Like, he never really established himself. And and Volk is just so fucking game. He can match... He can match that, that grit... (laughs) <laughs> from Holloway, they're in there in their first fight talking shit, landing shots and saying that ain't shit. Eating, like, yeah. like they're both so fucking tough, so fucking game. I, 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 I think, I think the city kickboxing team is planned for everything. I think, I think it fucking pains me to say this, but I think the blessed era is is moving to one fifty five after this. Honestly, I, I hope he does because I like Max at 155 um, more than I do at, at 145 just because he looks like so gaunt and skinny on the scale. 
Um, and you're right about city kickboxing. Like I, I saw an interview that Luke Thomas did with Brad Rydell, who's their teammate at city kickboxing. And he, he actually broke down the fight. He was like, look at what he did with the leg kicks to make sure he was, he was shifting to his back way, which couldn't let him land the jab. But I was like, holy shit. And then, so I, I don't usually go back and watch fights unless it's been a long time. Um, but this is one where I can remember watching their first fight at the bar and, and being like, after, after the first two rounds, don't rust me. I was like, Max could be up 2-0. And I, I go on Twitter, and everyone's like, domination from Volkanovski. And I was like, what am I watching? And I, I, I like literally was like, I'm trash. I'm trash. I got to rewatch this fight. And and yeah, it was it was pretty pretty much a clinic from Volk, but it but it was more technical than than just like a, a beatdown. It was like he had an answer, like you said, the city kickboxing game plan is is solid worth mentioning though now that i bring this up because of coronavirus i don't think he's been able to train at city kickboxing for this fight um he's had to um stay with his training partners in australia i think he's one of those that goes back and forth like city kickboxing isn't his like main main gym i think he splits his time between city kickboxing and i wish i knew the name of it uh whatever in in australia and so i think he's mainly stayed with those guys in australia Right. I, just, I, I brought it up because I, I am like 90% sure uh, Eugene Behrman's still going to be in his corner. Yeah, I, I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, ah, fuck it. I'm going to ride with Volk. Um, Love it. I may change that. Oh, I just, I, I, I'm such it a hurts. Max Holloway fan. It really it hurts to say that. Like, I'm, like, I'm the kind of person I, I can never pick against what, like, what my heart is saying. Like, I, I kind of Dude, I get I'm a lot of shit for it, but... I'm picking Volk, and all I can see is just Rush Holloway sitting cage side crying as I say that out loud. Oh no! Oh no! You're right. Oh man, my my <laughs> heart can't fair. take that. I I really hope Rush Holloway's not in attendance, like for real. If, if he's there, I'm, I'm gonna lose my shit. No, yeah, probably not for this one, but he'll be at home crying. I'm sure. Oh no! Shout out to Rush. Don't, I, I, yeah, shout out to Mini to Mini Bless. Shout out to Rush Holloway. <laughs> I really hope though that they don't get like footage of it and put it somewhere like like when they played the 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 footage of him crying after the Poirier fight and like Shaq yeah. was consoling him. I was like, why you got why you gotta do me like that? Like this is too sad. <laughs> right, Shaq's like, keep your head up, son. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, dude, all right, UFC account. <laughs> right, <laughs> Shaq being seven foot whatever and yeah. Rush being like three feet tall. <laughs> like, all right, little man. Um, Uncle Shaq's here. Uncle Shaq's here for you. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking A. All right, we got to talk about this main event, bro. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. And uh, it's time for you to roast me for for saying I'm picking Moss at all. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, I just... Here's the thing. This is... Let's just get straight to it. Is Usman going to try to wrestle with him? Is, or is he just going to be like, nah, I can stand with Colby. I'll stand with this this 155-pounder. You think I, I fucking... Look at me. I'm Usman. I'm the Nigerian nightmare. I got hands too. Yeah, no, as, as you're saying that, um, even though you say he's going to use his hands, I actually disagree, and that makes me think my pick is retarded. Um, you know, I hate that you word. Think he's gonna like, I think he is going to wrestle. Um, honestly, like, I think Kamaru's the kind of guy to not let ego get in the way of his, his game plan. I don't think he gives a fuck about um, what fans think or... Um, 
Masvidal like getting in his head or whatever. I think he's like, no man, you're about to get wrestled into this canvas. Like if you look at the footage of him with Gaethje, uh, I think he was mostly trying to take Gaethje down, and right. uh, you gotta feel like um, that was gonna be part of the game plan against Gilbert Burns. Uh, was would be to put him on his back and avoid the submissions. Uh, you know what? Not to cut you off, but it's really wild. I just want to say this before I forget it. My brain yeah. does not work well. Uh, I like this is definitely a fight. The first fight I'll I'll say during this whole COVID shit that I feel like is actually impacted by not having a crowd. I feel like oh, if, if, yeah. if there was a full crowd, I feel like that would be so much to uh, Masvidal's benefit because if Usman tried to wrestle at all, I feel like the crowd would be typically more wooey and booey than normally uh, just because of the heat in the yeah. matchup and like the BMF title, I guess, technically being on the line. <laughs> yeah. You know he's walking up to the fucking stare downs with that thing around his shoulder. He absolutely oh, is going to be man. carrying that. Oh, man. Oh man! <laughs> I can't. I still can't believe they even did that. But here we are. Here, here we fucking are. Yeah, I just, uh, I, I can't, I can't get Masvidal's like knee out of my head. I think he's gonna try and pull, pull that shit off. Will it work? Probably not. But I'm stupid. It's like uh, <laughs> the thing with the knee is that like you can only like. Like you can only Barbo like uh Barbo Edson Barbosa can only Terry Adam somebody once and then everybody knows it's coming. Like you can only you can only get if he uh, like imagine mm-hmm. if he does it twice. <laughs> imagine. I think he's more likely to try to hit him with like a switch crazy combo like he hit Till with and catch Usman just like disregarding his power in a, in a stand up exchange or some shit. Or I, I don't I don't know. I don't I'm trying to I'm trying to visualize it to, to justify picking miles but all but I, I i don't know man Usman is a problem yeah. yeah he is he definitely is a problem i think i just i was so late to the to the kamara Usman bandwagon i really like I, I didn't like his personality or or lack thereof i should say and uh then when he beat the brakes off woodley i think then i was like okay it's time i'm a fan and then after that he started like saying all this dumb shit and like never fought and i got so mad <laughs> i feel like i have a love-hate relationship with kamaru <laughs> no nah, completely fair it's warranted he's 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 uh he's not the most lovable champ but yeah he's a he's a problem in there i'm picking i'm picking Usman. i'm picking Usman via via finish via finish yeah i i think if this fight was a, was on a normal um like they both had a full camp i think Usman to get a unanimous decision, like that would probably be the favorite um, as far in like the betting odds. Um, but I think a finish is coming from either one because it's so short notice. Dude, it's, let me just say it's, it's absolutely gangster as fuck that Masvidal is even taking the fight, but also I'm so excited to hear the trash talk. <laughs> I just I can't got wait. giddy. I just got giddy at the thought of there not being a crowd and us being able to hear everything for that fight. <laughs> Oh my god, you're right, dude. The talking inside the cage, that's gonna happen. The fucking they're probably gonna be talking to the commentators as well, like how Poirier Absol- was, was talking absolutely. to business. Absolutely. Absolutely. If Usman's like just holding position and just kind of grappling, you know Masvidal is gonna be uh looking at the camera. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this is so <laughs> Yeah, this is so not even like relevant to anything, but did you see that fight in Bellator a while ago, Paul Daly versus John Fitch. 
when uh, John Fitch yes. was like was like holding him against the fence for three rounds. At the last thirty seconds, Paul Daly goes boo, and he just starts <laughs> booing fucking John Fitch, and then he's like. Brilliant, Bellator. You're gonna get millions of fans off this performance. <laughs> yeah, I, like I, I, I feel like we're gonna get the Masvidal version of that in like round uh, two. <laughs> honestly, now that I said that, I, I hope Masvidal loses for that fact. I hope we get that. <laughs> I'm, I honestly, it's a good, it's a safe bet at this point, in my opinion. Man, now, now I just want to fast forward. I, I can't even envision like going about my normal life for these next like six days in it for, for this fight to happen. I just got to fast forward. Um, shit is wild. Shit is wild. As the, the game always is. <laughs> right. Never ceases to amaze. Well, before I, uh, I pivot over to you, I did want to get your thoughts on something now that we've broken down the whole card. Um, as, as I mentioned, uh, you know, in previous episodes and, and before I uh, started recording, you know, you and I were kind of having an off 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 record conversation. Um, I've been really like woken up by this whole George, George Floyd situation and the social unrest that's followed and everyone getting behind Black Lives Matter. And I've just been such like uh, conflicted and, and so angry that the UFC is like turning a blind eye and Dana literally like played dumb at a press conference when they asked him to make a statement. Uh, just like, what are, what are your thoughts on, on that situation? I respect your, your position in our community and uh, I'd really love to hear what you think about it. Um, to be honest, I, I haven't, uh, I didn't think too deeply about the UFC's like uh, lack of a response. I think they, how immediately when it happened, they like flashed uh, like a memorial uh, graphic for two seconds uh, for, for yeah for like a few seconds uh before one of the cards i can't even remember which one but uh to be honest i don't think about it much because like it's like it's the response i expected i didn't expect more than what i got <laughs> so fair enough uh, it's just like the uh the sad truth about who's running the company and also i don't really expect like uh these like it's it's obviously saying the bare minimum uh Mm-hmm. But I don't really expect uh, brands and companies like that to have these. Like we're seeing, obviously, a large swath of people just making symbolic gestures that the movement's not calling for, and are just completely symbolic, like waste of time. Like whether it's like the NFL saying they're going to do like a black national anthem, or whether it's Jersey Mike's changing their BLT to a BLM sandwich. Like there's so much. Oh my god! <laughs> meaningless gestures, and I feel like I'm I'm. I don't think about the UFC not adding to that. Uh, right. Like they, they did what, I expected. what they did was, uh, it wasn't enough, but it was something, I guess. No, that that's a good point. I, I've yet to confirm if that Jersey Mike's thing is a meme. I'm, I, I think someone just like Photoshopped <laughs> it, it that. It feels real. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, like honestly, my, my favorite from any company and, and you're, you're right. In, in some ways, it's it's like it's just obligatory like oh we're gonna get you know canceled or ridiculed if we don't make a statement we have to make something it's just their attempt to to keep our business but at the same time i i kind of want it i want to feel good about where i'm you know who i'm giving my money to Uh, i i I think the best uh statement was from ben and jerry's uh if you haven't read it 
Um, I, I would strongly recommend it. Anyone, like I, I think it's on the website. You can go read their statement. They're like, this is systematic racism. We have to dismantle the system. Like the whole diatribe, like a thesis on it. And it, it was brilliant. Yeah, I mean, I, I have read that and I do agree it was probably the best statement from a brand. Uh, but I definitely don't expect that from the human thumb, Damon, Dana White. So <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. Thumb indeed. No, yeah, that that's a good point. I, I think I just it's still on my mind. I'm almost to the point where I don't want him to say more because I have a feeling I'm not going to like what he says. And um, I mean, he just has zero to of nothing of value to add to that conversation. <laughs> like, and I say that with all due respect. Uh, but yeah, unless he was donating to a worthwhile cause, really nothing. I feel like he says on the matter is going to going to solve the problem <laughs> oh for sure i mean it, it's something where i have to kind of check myself sometimes because i don't want it to be viewed as like fake outrage or you know like when it first happened when when the whole like video came out of the officer kneeling on george Floyd's neck for like nine minutes i was like horrified but I, I almost like my instinct was to to not say something about it because I didn't want it to be viewed as like not my conversation to have. And I, I was really conflicted. I mean, it was like a day before I recorded my episode with Fernanda and I didn't know what to say. And and then Israel Adesanya that following Monday had a had a speech at a at a Black Lives Matter protest where he was saying, you know, other people got to start speaking up because we're we've been speaking up for a long time and it's and it's not being heard. You guys got to start speaking up. And I honestly like dead ass. I cried. I, I was like fucking. And ever since then, I've just been making it a part of my identity to just keep checking people and keep you know keeping the conversation going. That's that's uh that's dope. I mean, there's really really nothing else. No, no better way to to uh to be an ally to the to the causes, in my opinion. Thank you, thank you, brother. Well, we've done an hour. It's actually been more than an hour. Uh, this has been so amazing. Thank you for your time. But I want to, uh, you know, before I let you go, turn the floor over to you to to plug anything you've got going on, plug your social media, and uh, any last message you want to leave. Uh, damn! I just I I I, un, I pull a piece of paper out of my pocket. It's like a mad long Grammy acceptance speech. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, well, first I just want to thank yes. God for putting me here. Uh, my parents. Uh. For, uh, but not, uh, not just, uh, my Twitter at Tev Talks MMA. Uh, I appreciate everyone that fucks with me on there. I really made the account on a whim, and the fact that like it's it's, it's gotten to the point where I, I feel like I have a dope little community of people who think the stupid shit I tweet is funny is uh, humbling, and uh, it's dope as fuck. So yeah, if you want to fucking follow, that's 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 where it's at. We're we're cracking jokes and celebrating the sport over there. But yeah, that's about it. Hell yeah! My now, now that you're saying that, the, my my favorite tweet of yours that I can remember, I mean, other than and it's not a tweet, but when you called into my show and, and saying, <laughs> even if you're seven years old, I'll set the candy out your hand, bro. Like I will never forget that. But the best thing you've tweeted, in my opinion, was when uh, when John Jones got into his last little skirmish with the law. You're like, like don't worry, y'all. I'm about to tweet some shit that says God gives his toughest battles to his strongest soldiers, and we'll all move on. <laughs> Yeah, John. John's a fool. John's a fool. Yeah, I'm. Less, I'm just constantly tweeting stupid shit. I'm. I'm glad people fuck with it. I'm glad people think it's funny. <laughs> it's just stupid shit off the top of my head, honestly. 
Well, I enjoy it very much. Everyone listening, go follow Tev if you aren't already at Tev Talks MMA. Man, can't thank you enough for doing this. Doug, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Anytime you want me to be back, I'll be back. Hell yeah. And we're back. I can't thank Tev enough for doing that. I thought it was a was a great chat. Uh, I could talk fights with Tev all day, so that so that was awesome. Um, much much thank you to him, and thank you to the homie Ill Resolve from from Twitter for for making that little intro beat uh, that you heard right before the Tev interview. Well, not really an interview, more like a chat. And um, yeah, so without further ado, let's start the forum, baby. Got some amazing voice questions from you guys and some really good Twitter questions. These might be the most unique, uh, crazy Twitter questions I've ever gotten. I can't fucking wait. Uh, so uh, without further ado, let me play the first voice question from my man, Rhino. Hey, Juice, it's your buddy Rhino from the Combat Sports with Rhino podcast. Got a cool question for you about this upcoming uh, Saturday's card. On the prelims, we've got Vulcan Ozdemir versus Yuri Prohaska, and I think this has the like the chance of being a really good fight that a lot of people are kind of sleeping on. What are your thoughts on it? How do you see it going? Thank you so much, my friend. Love you. Love the show. Talk to you soon. Hell yeah, Rhino. If you guys haven't checked out the Combat Sports with Rhino podcast, the first, best, and only all-encompassing combat sports podcast. I think that's how what he says on his show. Um, definitely check it out. Uh, Rhino is always putting out good, good shit. He's really, really good. And uh, Rhino and I last night were were talking about maybe working on a little side project. So that's that's a little tease for you guys. I won't can't say anything further, uh, but just know that it's uh, it's something that we're thinking about. Anyway. About Yuri versus Vulcan. Man, I talked about this with Tev a little bit. It's fucking... It has some really good potential, but it also has the potential for Vulcan to to make it like a sort of a, you know, a boring decision fight. I feel like light heavyweight sometimes is like that. You know what I mean? Um, so, uh, I don't know. I, I, I think I gave my pick... I think I picked Yuri. On, on on my little chat with Tev, but I think he picked Vulcan, and I think I ended up like sort of agreeing with him. So it honestly could go either way. I'm, uh, if I had to make a pick, I'll, I'll flip a coin, and uh, whatever it lands, that's that's what I'm going with. So uh, thank you, Rhino, and and again, check out his podcast; it's great stuff. Hey, juicy baby, how's it going, Matt? My question to you is, who do you think is going to be the next double champ? Um, Is it going to be someone who's actually got a belt now, or is there someone else on your mind coming up through the ranks that's going to get two belts, boy? Let me know. Have a good week, boy. Catch ya. I love hearing that Kiwi dialect on the podcast every week. It's so refreshing. Thank you for the question, Ricky. Give my man a follow. Tricky Rickstar. And, uh, man, you know, it's, uh, it's one of those things where, so, um, this, this could really go a lot of ways and it has a lot of, a lot to do with circumstance. Um, so I feel like, for example, if Amanda Nunes retires, the clear choice to me is Valentina. Like if in the next year, 
um, Amanda Nunes is like, ah, you know what? Uh, I've done enough. I'm going to go raise this baby and steps away, vacates the belt. Maybe not retires, but at least like takes time off enough where they, they have to vacate the belt. Valentina's grabbing that 135 strap. Trust and believe. That's, that's Valentina's that's Valentina's division uh, without Amanda there. So I think that's that's the possibility. Uh, but um, another question from the forum has made me think it wouldn't be a crazy world if Stipe were to drop down and, and grab a second belt. I'm not saying that I, I'm picking him to be DC. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to make for my pick for that fight yet. But let's say he does. Um, I think there's a possibility Stipe could could be a double champ. Uh, I also think, you know, once Israel Adesanya has gone through the 185 division, by the way, anyone picking Costa or Costa, whatever, fight me. Costa's not getting that title. Fuck what you heard. I don't give a fuck about his power. That plotting motherfucker is about to get walked onto some shots and get lit the fuck up like a Christmas tree. Get out of here, picking Costa. Y'all make me so mad sometimes. Anyway, um, Izzy Izzy could go up and grab the the light heavyweight belt, uh, assuming John Jones uh, isn't there by the time Izzy is ready. So that's a possibility. Um, yeah, yeah, I would say I would say those are are, are my top contenders. Great question, Ricky. Juice, type on my photo here. It's your boy. I know this will be talked about a lot, but man, I just got to say how hurt I am that Burns tested positive for COVID-19. I've been on your show before saying how big of a fan I am of his. Say nothing new. It hurt. I'm talking like Jose Aldo. Getting KO'd by Conor McGregor in 13 seconds hurt. Talking about Daniel Cormier getting KO'd by Stipe hurt. I'm talking bad. That's all I got to say. I'm going to go back to sulking until he comes back and takes that strap from whoever has it. Yeah, man. Uh, Shouts to the type of my photo. Uh, I feel like everyone on Twitter loves Gilbert Burns because he's so cool on Twitter. Uh, but this guy is probably the biggest um burns fan not just of um not just of gilbert burns but also uh his brother herbert like he's a burns stan and uh so sorry for my man losing that fight uh i wanted to see it too i mean tevin i talked the fight everyone really want to see and this is a loose definition of the word everyone but you know the fight the majority of us want to see was usman masadal that in my opinion was the most talked about fight for a while for Usman and then Gilbert Burns kind of came out of nowhere when he starts Woodley. So, uh, yeah, I, I was looking forward to that fight because of the Woodley performance, you know, that Burns had, but otherwise I'm so, uh, excited to see Masvidal. So sorry, sorry for you, brother. That, that, that's really going to suck. All right, Juice, it's me from over the sea. It's your boy, Joe Blog 74. Just wanted to know that if you knew what you know now, would you have changed anything about the fights that have gone on, like, say, making fighters train from home instead of going to the camps and possibly spreading disease, you know? Um, want to know what you think about it. Let us know. Ladies. 
This is a great, great question, Joe. And and shouts to Joe Bloggs for uh, for posting the the pick of the of the FWM mug that he got. That was fucking awesome. You're the man. Um, and you know what? Um, it it it's a hard thing, right? Because um, I've had uh, conversations with um, well, m- multiple people, but I'm thinking a specific con- conversation I've had with. Um, the homie mixed demand about you know unionization in MMA and what it would entail and what what it would take for us to get there, and one of the things that he said uh, is that the union would have to be involved in the training. They would have to have proper uh, like you know monitoring conditions in their training so that they couldn't you know prevent them from injuries and things like that. That would extend to to this pandemic, you know, in, in my eyes. So. Um, the UFC has has long towed the line between independent contractors and you know um, employees. So it, I'm trying to find the words to say you can't have your cake and eat it too. Like the the protocol that they have to have in place to have these fights is a pretty strict uh, thing that they would do for employees and and really just for for just the whole operation to exist regardless of, of their involvement. But then, you know, having the training be entirely up to them, even though that's sort of the nature of our sport, that's more in line with being an independent contractor. So if like, if I were the UFC and yes, of course they test them, uh, when they, when they arrive and things like that, and there's multiple tests apparently for, uh, the, the, the fight Island, card that that we're having next week apparently they got tested before they got on the plane in vegas like everyone all got flown into vegas and then they all kind of got flown out of the one or two planes i i I imagine uh from vegas and apparently they were tested uh before they flew and then when they land they're tested again and then when they get to the hotel they're tested again maybe it's just when they land when they get to the hotel but either way they're like testing in multiple places and Honestly, I feel like the same way that they have USADA um, go around to to collect samples to test for PEDs, they could have sent people to test for COVID at the gyms so that you're not, uh, you know, risking infection from bringing in proper training partners. Because not all these people that they're bringing in for sparring are, you know, UFC fighters. So they don't have to go through the same conditions you know what i mean it's it's really unfortunate like if if everyone had to train from home that would be fine but some people are allowed to go in the gym depending on where they're at and if they do like i said they're they're sort of risking infection so it's it's a crazy thing to answer your question if i would change anything that we know now i mean i guess but really if if you'll recall i was beating the drum that they shouldn't be having fights until the first fight card happened and there wasn't any positive tests and, and you know, everything went off pretty flawlessly. And I was like, Oh yeah, but, but now it just just seems like the same thing that's happening to the UFC is the same thing that's happening. uh, Basically all over America, in in my opinion, is that people are getting more lax. They're getting more uh, complacent. They're thinking, Oh yeah, it's not happening. We can kind of, uh, you know, loosen up a little bit. I, I went to target the other day and, you know, it's a law in, in my state, New Jersey, that you have to wear a mask to even get in the building. And the fucking Starbucks inside the Target, uh, the the woman has her like mask around her chin. I was like, get the fuck out of here, dude. 
Like people are not taking this shit seriously. And that that's sort of what's happening. Whether or not the UFC is, is letting up on their um, restrictions, I don't think they are. Obviously they're, they're even getting more stringent for fight Island because I think Abu Dhabi is one of the, one of the most, uh, you know, strict countries for this, but the laxness or whatever you want to call it, that's happening throughout at least my country is affecting how the UFC is able to do business. If Gilbert lived lived and trained anywhere else but fucking Florida, he probably wouldn't have gotten COVID. And I don't mean to, to shit on Florida uh, but so much as I am shitting on most of America. And from what I've seen in the news, Floridians seem to be taking it pretty lightly, you know, in terms of their, how much they're worrying about COVID. So um, it sucks. It really does. Juice fighting with myself. It's fucking Smokey J from Australia. Yay. <laughs> nah. Nah, we, we won't do that. We'll cut that, man. That was a bit too cringy. We'll start it again. Hey there, Juice. Fighting with myself. It's Smokey J here, and have I got a question for you? If fucking Alexander Volkanovsky beats Max Holloway again this weekend, how would you see him fucking faring going up a weight division and champ champing it up against Khabib? And also, fucking the T-City versus the Korean zombie fight did not get made again. So apart from those two guys fighting each other, who else would you like to see them fight? That's all. Thanks. Bye. Great, great question, Smokey. You know, it's... It's a it's a hard uh, question to answer because um, I almost want to answer this question after the fight because then we'll know really if if it's even on on the radar right. But also we'll know like whether or not it's something that uh, I, I think he'd be competitive in because Vol- Volk has the the wrestling defense and 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 things like that to make it interesting. But Habib clearly has the size. And uh, I don't know, man, it's just it's it seems like that wouldn't really favor him at all. But I have a feeling Volk is one of those, uh, you know, throwback guys who doesn't want to change divisions and, and chase money fights. I think he really just wants to clean out the featherweight division and uh, solidify his his place as the uh, the best featherweight of all time. You know, not that I'm saying he is, uh, but uh, certainly, you know, Max probably has the best case right now and he's beaten Max already. So if he beats him again, then it'll really drive it home and then he can further his legacy by beating other contenders. Um, as far as, uh, you know, the Brian Ortega fight falling through, fuck that dude. Like I, I want to know what's happening. Like we need to, we need to, they need to air that dirty laundry right now. I, I need to know who backed out, who couldn't come to the table. Was it the UFC not coming up with the money? Was it fucking, uh, or Ortega wanting too much money? Uh, I don't think it was Korean zombie. I mean, zombies game is fuck. Um, I actually think if Zombie were to fight Volkanovski, I would favor Zombie, to be honest with you, because he's just so so crazy. He's got that insane power. He's got the reach. He's got the submission game. Um, that that honestly, I, I almost want to see that more than the Max rematch, to be honest with you. Even though I'm a Max fan, and uh, I really, uh, I really am hoping he 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 beats Volk. I just uh, I just really want to see Volk versus Korean Zombie as well. I think that would be wild. Um, 
But anyone else at the top, it's a, it's like hard for me to answer this question, right? Because anyone else that's in that category, I feel like I, I can't answer objectively. Like uh, Zabit and Yair are fighting, and honestly, fuck them both. Fuck them both. I'm rooting for a double KO in that one. Fuck them both. So, uh, yeah, cra- crazy, crazy world we live in. Thank you, Smokey J. Um, and that's it for voice questions. Let me jump into the Twitterverse and uh, answer the Twitter questions. But before I get into the Twitter questions, I got a question via DM from the homie Phil, the MMA dude, co-host of the Split Decision podcast. If you guys haven't uh, checked out his podcast already, go and do so. It is must-listen, almost at must-see TV, but it's not TV or visual, but it's must-listen anyway. He says, assuming Jorge versus Usman happens at 251, who should the winner face, Burns or something else? Similarly, if Usman ends up fighting, or sorry, if Usman ends up not fighting on the card, what would you like to see happen next, reschedule Burns or something else? Uh, that's tough. So at this point, we're, it's, it's pretty much certain that, that Jorge is going to fight. Uh, I, I guess barring any 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 positive COVID tests that may come uh, his way, um, so I'm going to say the winner should face Burns, just because I like when when people that are promised title shots still get them. Like Burns had his title shot taken away at the last second by those, by those tests, so I I think he's still the guy. Um, however, if Usman doesn't fight, I still want to see the Masvidal fight. Like that's what I want to see, but. I don't know. Do you give it back to Burns? It's a really tough question. Uh, so, so thank you, Phil, for, for sending it. It's really, really difficult to answer. Uh, I just, mm, there's so many variables in this question. Because honestly, there's so many variables in this fight card this weekend with this fight. Holy shit! Uh, yeah, I, I guess, I guess I still want to see Burns fight for a title and uh, and Jorge fight. Why can't they just do a fucking tournament, one night tournament? <laughs> I don't know. Fucking A. Uh, love you, Phil. Love your show. Thank you for the question. If you guys keep hearing my cat in the background, she's just a big uh, Max Holloway fan, and so whenever Volk gets brought up, she she gets a little ornery. So I apologize for that. But <laughs> we're gonna keep it. We're gonna keep it moving right into these Twitter questions. Um, the first one comes from at MMA Catfish. Go follow. Go follow this gentleman. He says, why do so many people on Twitter, and it's not just MMA Twitter, have such a hard-on for manufacturing drama instead of just moving the fuck on? You know what? Honestly, the platform kind of fosters that. Uh, It lends itself to that because you can see everyone's tweets and even if you don't follow them. And it's it's really one of the things I dislike about it. But I also do like that about it because you find other people that way and you find mutuals and it's kind of like, okay, it's cool. But sometimes it's really fucking not. When I get replies from randoms, I'm like, can I turn you off? Can I just can I just fucking turn that off? And I do sometimes. Um and so it just it, it is what it is. And and I think honestly, like I, I try not to complain about the drama too much because Honestly, it feels like a lot of it is happening between people that I that like. I like both sides. So whenever that shit is happening, I just try and stay quiet and just sit back and enjoy the chaos because I'm terrible. But, you know, it is what it is. Next question is from Joe Blah. <laughs> Sorry. Got a little something in my throat. 
He says, uh, Joe Blog 74, he says, do you think Habib could possibly retire now after the tragic news about his father? Um, that's a fair question, but I don't think so. Um, I think we'll know by the end of this year, uh, I hope. Um, yeah. I, I, it's one of those things. I talked about this with Tev. I feel like he's one of the most mentally tough fighters that we have, but it might affect his next performance, but it, I don't think it's going to affect him continuing to compete. So short, short answer, no, but I feel like it's a valid question. Um, he also says, if you could bring one X fighter back in their prime, who would it be? Ooh. Um, I mean, GSP comes to mind, although I feel like the way GSP took three years off or four years off, however, I think it was four years and came back and beat Michael Bisping, uh, up away class. I feel like GSP still could be somewhat in his prime, uh, as crazy as that sounds. Um, although he's, he's taken a few, what that was 2017. So now it'll be almost three years if he were to come back this year. Um, that's, that's goddamn ridiculous, uh, to, to think that he would. He would be the same, but hey, um, you never know. Uh, GSP could be Camaro, as far as I'm concerned. Maybe I just love GSP. Fuck yeah. I love GSP. Um, the, the only other option I was thinking would be like Carlos Condit, because I feel like Carlos Condit in his prime was just such a killer, and now it's just it's sad when he's competing. I, I really like, like, I still think he beat Robbie. I still think he beat Robbie. Um, and I know this next person agrees with me. Um, at Yugi MMA, man. Yeah. Pouring out for Condit, wherever you are, pouring out for Condit. All right, Yugi says, name one band you hate that has a song you love. And I love this question. And I might name a few because my music tastes are so eclectic that um, I pull from a lot of different styles. And because of that, it's hard for me to have a favorite favorite band or favorite artist and um it's definitely easy for me to like hate uh an artist uh and then just put like one of their songs the first one that came to mind when i read this question is um the reason by hoobastank like first of all the name hoobastank terrible worst one of the worst band names and i'm not talking about those like fucking weird like hipster metal bands that are fucking like ass of whatever but um I'm talking about like mainstream, you know, either rock or, or, or whatever bands fucking terrible name. Hoobastank. Are you kidding me? Like my fucking, I think my sister used to be like, who be stankin? Which I thought was always really funny, but that song, the reason that song riffs, <laughs> like I found out a reason for me. So good. Um, another one that comes to mind is Creed. Man, Creed is so bad, but, um, that song with arms wide open. I kind of dig it. Like, with arms wide open under the sunlight. Yeah. Yeah, I just did that. Okay, so uh, th- that's enough uh, Creed for the podcast. Um, next question is from my man at Cyrus King. Go follow Cyrus King, host of the Combat Corner podcast. Love this guy. He says, if Jorge KOs Usman in 30 seconds, will he be a bigger star than Connor? Honestly, bro, it's possible. 
You talk about starching Darren Till. You talk about starching Ben Askren. You talk about putting a clinic against Nate Diaz. If he comes in on short notice, like this is what I said. Like this is what my brain thinks about. I, I I'm very guilty of confirmation bias. I'm very blinded by just bias in general, and I, and I am a big fan of Masvidal. And so I'm I'm giving him all the the positives. I think the short notice, like he'll definitely take that into account. He's not going to have a regular game plan, I don't think, anyway. Um, and he knows, uh, he, like Tev said, low risk, high reward. Like if he loses, he's supposed to lose. He's coming in on a week's notice. But uh, if he fucking uh, wins, he's going to be a massive star. He's going to also be insufferable, and so will Masvidal fans on the timeline. So. I'm not looking forward to that if that happens, but I will, um, you know, a guy that's been around as long as him, how could you not be happy for him? And this next question is from MMA visual at MMA visual. Love this guy. Great follow. He says, not sure if you answered this before, but is there any way you think we get DJ back in the UFC? DJ being Demetrius Johnson, mighty mouse. And you know what? Honestly, I don't want him in the UFC because one championship is an amazing organization and he's treated well over there and the fans love and respect him. That's all I want for, for a guy like Demetrius who, who gave so much and got so little. Um, he, he got so much disrespect from fans and not really hardcores. Like I haven't really heard a lot of negative things, um, you know, on the timeline about Demetrius Johnson, other than people that think that Henry Cejudo beat him the second time. I mean, are you fucking kidding me? That was such a terrible decision. Um, also, I'm biased and hate Cejudo, but, you know, so fuck me. But, um, dude, Demetrius Johnson is pound for pound one of the best of all time. So I, I just want him to now, now that he had to go through the ringer and to beat Anderson Silva's title defense record just to get an ounce of respect, um, I want him just to get paid. And I want him to do his whole esports thing. I'm still trying to get involved in the Twitch world. Um, I don't want to talk about it too much because I don't want y'all to find me on Twitch. But um, yeah, there we go. Next question is from Kim Close Premier League Champions at Kim Close underscore four. He says, "If you can make five bouts right now, no travel restrictions or anything, who you got matching against whom?" He says his would be Poirier versus Tony. Great fight, by the way. Um, Cody versus Aljo. Uh, Cody. Oh, Cody Garbrandt versus. Uh, okay. Um, Aljo needs to fight for the title next, so I don't know what what, what drugs you're on. Um, or <laughs> Ortega versus Zabit. Uh, Rocky versus Burns. That'd be Leon Edwards. And Aspen versus GDR. I gotta be honest. I don't want to see Aspen versus GDR again because GDR starts her in 15 seconds, and yeah, it was a bit of a bad stoppage from Herb Dean, but also she did that. She 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 made Aspen like fall on her face with a, I think it was a was a right hand. So I don't see that being a very competitive fight. Um, unless they were to fight, let's say fucking Aspen decides like, Hey, I've almost died cutting weight on multiple occasions. Why don't I actually go to featherweight and GDR stops pretending like 135 is, is the best division and goes up to 145. Um, I would see them fighting for like the vacant title. Like I said, if Amanda were to walk away, that would be the only time I would see, um, that fight. It would have to be very situational. Um, my five would be, okay. So even though it's already basically 
been announced. It's like on the horizon. Uh, Izzy versus Costa. I need to see it. I need that to happen right now. Um, I, I need it in my life. Inject it into my veins. Uh, I can't wait for that fight. I would also... Um, see, my brain goes to like matchups that are basically already happening. Because um, I didn't talk about this with Tev. I wanted to, but um, he was so jonesing to get in these fight picks. So I was like, all right, bet. Let's go. But um, Roxy versus... Uh, Andrea KGB Lee is official. My God, that fight is great. And so many people are forgetting that Roxy has a win over her. Yes, it was a long time ago, but that doesn't matter. We're Team Roxy in this bitch. You know this. You know this. So, yeah, I need that I need that fight in my life, uh, even though, again, it's happening, I believe, September 12th. So, um, yeah, love that. But also, um, I would make... Ortega versus Zombie. Like, fuck that. Zombie needs to destroy Brian Ortega. We need that. So so that's number three. I would also love to see Meatball Molly, even though she's already fighting July 15th. I would love to see her dismantle Jessica I uh, in a number one contenders fight. Well... It's not really fair to call it that because if Jessica I wins, we don't want to see her fight for the title again. But basically in a fight that would get Molly a title shot, I would love to see that. Dude, Meatball Molly versus the world. Um, And then last but not least, this is such a hard hard question because the matchmaking has been really good lately. Um, And because everything's like back on schedule. We're getting like, you know, three fight card weeks and uh, they're just giving us all the matchups. But I would really love to see fucking Zhang Weili versus the winner of, of Rose Andrade. And of course, in my mind, it's going to be Rose. I need, I need that fight too. So, so that those are my five. Great question, Kim. Really hard one. Six questions from Eric Sama MMA at Eric Sama underscore MMA. You guys, this guy is hilarious. He's so funny. He's always quote tweeting me, but it's always hilarious. Like I'm always like, I don't give a fuck. It's hilarious. Um, he said, and I saw that he, he, he linked up with the other juice, by the way. Um, he, he tweeted something about gorilla grip pussy energy on an Invicta card. Gotta love it. Uh, he says, with Habib taking time due to the untimely passing of his father and Dustin Poirier securing a victory over Dan Hooker, do you think a rematch between Dustin and Justin could be in the works? Yes. Uh, but again, I hope not because Gaethje earned the shot by by getting the, um, the interim title. And I, I honestly, um, I don't necessarily want to see um, Poirier fight Habib again. However... If I can be an optimist, what I would love is for Gaethje to fight Habib, beat Habib. Don't at me on that. Don't at me on that. And then Poirier gets his shot because he already fought uh, Gaethje and beat him. And that would be the fucking fight I want to see. Ooh, I need that injected into my veins, dude. Yeah. All right. This next question is 
uh, also from Eric Sama, he says, if the UFC were to implement a 225 cruiserweight division, who would be some of your top contenders in there? Bro, I love this question. First of all, I'm all for adding more weight classes. Not as many as boxing where they have it like every three pounds. I think that's gross. Not literally gross, but like, come on. Um, but honestly, when I think about this division, I think about Stipe. He's not that big of a heavyweight. I mean, he he has a a good size, but he he comes in like his last fight. I think he came in like two thirty seven. You tell me he couldn't cut to two twenty five, bro. This this helped influence my um, uh, answer to the other question. I think if if they open this division, Steve Stepe could be a fucking champ, champ, like no cap. Uh, the other thing is, um, even though his heavyweight debut didn't go his way, I think a guy like OSP would shine at at, at cruiserweight because. Um, he cuts a lot to get to 225. Um, I also think fucking if you if he comes back, Rumble Johnson, Anthony Rumble Johnson, uh, even though he's a woman beater and we're canceling him, um, I think he would he would do work in that division. Oh, yeah, it, it, this is a hard hard question to answer because a lot of two of fivers really feel like good at that weight, and anyone else that doesn't that can't make 205, they just they they go up to heavyweight. Um, yeah, yeah, that that's that's pretty much it. Um, I could also see Vulcan Uzdemir being being a top cruiserweight, as crazy as that sounds. All right, this next question is from Casual MMA at Boogerbeard One. Another great follow. Matter of fact, I don't think I follow him on FWM. I'm gonna change that right now. Just followed. Um, he says Prime Habib versus Prime Mike Bisping. Which round? Does Mike tap the strikes? And I'm about to jump through this laptop and slap you, bro. <laughs> no, that's blasphemy. Mike Bisping would never tap the strikes. Um, dog, like fucking. This is like, this is like made just to get under my skin. I'm about to just like go into a whole diatribe. Michael Bisping fucking went to sleep against George St. Pierre because he would rather die than tap. He is not going to tap the strikes from a guy 30 pounds less than him. 30 pounds lighter than him. Um, that said, um, if if they were to fight, like legitimately, because if I'm honest, Habib, I think, I think it's been said publicly that Habib walks around at 190. So if Mike decided to get back in shape and said, decided he wants to cut to 185 again, and they actually, in this, even this would be the most 2020 like crackhead matchup of all time. If they did Habib versus Michael Bisping, um, that's a rough fight for Mike. He, he, he struggles with wrestlers. So yeah, but fuck you saying he tapped the strikes, man. That's fucking blasphemous. Tap into strikes. Um, all right, the next question is from Tricky Ricksta at Tricky Ricksta. That's R I K S T A. Um, he says the biggest ups- biggest upset coming in the card at two fifty one. I'm gonna bet on it. Oof. Yeah, I think uh, I think the answer that uh, the reply that uh, Kim Close had. I think it's Jose Aldo. I th- I think that's that's honestly. I, I like him in that matchup a lot. So, in my opinion, it's uh, it's Jose Aldo. But uh, the, but there's some other ones. I mean, I, I don't look at betting lines, so I don't know if it would be an upset for for Rose to win, uh, just because like she lost to Andrade last time. But that would be 
an upset that I would I would favor. Um, you know, I would favor Rosen if she's the underdog. Great, great fights to be had. And this, ladies and gentlemen, not only concludes the forum, concludes our show. Um, if you want to get involved in the forum, you can download the Anchor app, send a voice message, search Fighting With Myself and, and click message, send me a voice message, and I will play it as I play those other lovely messages. Um, you can also record it on your own and email it to fightingwithmyselfpod at gmail.com. You can also DM me uh, on social media at FWM underscore pod, Twitter and Instagram. Um, yeah, get involved. The forum is better. This show is better with more people involved. So uh, I was, I do this for the community. I do this to, to build the MMA community so we can talk our shit and, and, and talk fights together. Again, big, big thank you to Tev Talks. Uh, one of my favorite accounts. Uh, I say it enough. Freelance Goon is probably roasting me. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, that's it. I, I, and I want to say be kinder to each other, not just online, but in fucking real life. Because I understand like, and, and I've had this conversation with Dave Fretz a lot. Like it's it's so like toxic and dangerous to have the the mentality just to say like, Oh, it's just Twitter. It's just online because like, Oh, like all oh, words don't matter or whatever. But bro, if you feel like you're ha you're having what, what's meant to be a meaningful conversation. And so if, if you're having an exchange and someone, uh, just spews their, their fucking vitriol just because it's not real, that's fucking toxic and it's disgusting. So, um, I appreciate anyone who fucks with me. I appreciate anyone who got this far. Um, people always say like, Oh, really? I always watch, listen to the whole thing. Like whatever. Look, I understand they're long. Not everybody gets through them. It happens. Um, so it's all good. Much love and, um, continue to, to promote racial equality. And with that, good night and good fights.